to go into, let's call it the internal cauldron of my emotions. cauldron of emotions all the emotions so many i'm tammy i'm erin and we're just two gals we like to drink we like nick cage we like watching stuff eating cheese <laughs> we always eat so, so much, much cheese, cheese. <laughs> um you know the usual like that's what all the kids are doing and so the hip the hip youths yes, are doing the youths are doing <laughs> um if this is your first time tuning in thank you so much and welcome we hope you enjoy our review of the Cotton Club. Yes. Um, not really a Nick Cage film. It's kind of a bait it's and switch, an but it's okay. It's, it's an okay. ensemble cast. Uh, it's, it's barely Nick, but that's okay. Um, and if you are one of our many fans, we have so many because we're so popular. Well, we have to shout out to our Norway people. I know. We're, we we keep looking at our um, stats in Spotify and we keep expanding into other countries. And yeah. It's so exciting. I'm really excited because we, we first started... Norway was like less than one percent, and now we have five percent. I was like, yeah, we have like a whole person and a half now. <laughs> so yeah. hello to the other countries That's of the world, our international listeners. Oh my god, and our and our local listeners, and our national, <laughs> and the people down our street and our friends. Yeah. <laughs> hello, friends. So today's episode is on the Cotton Club, a Francis Ford Coppola extravaganza. That's one set. word for it. <laughs> it is. It is a word. Um, set in the, you know, like late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. bootlegging times. And so Aaron has made a beautiful drink. It is the prettiest drink that I think we've ever made. It's so, so beautiful. Yeah, so please tell us about our beautiful drink you made for us. Uh, well, I I believe I declared it on the last episode. You did. Gimlet. But... I decided to make it with the Empress Gin, which if if you guys haven't seen it, is this beautiful like blue-purple gin. Mm -hmm. Um, And it changes colors when you add lime juice or any sort of acid. It changes colors, which thrills everybody to no end. Um, It's colored by using butterfly pea flowers, everybody. Just heads up. Um, So I decided to do that, but I also wanted to make my own lavender simple syrup to really give this an extra little zhuzh. And it smelled amazing it's so good. I know we can make audio clips we can make video clips we need smell a vision we could make smelly clips because it was so deliciously smelled. i think tammy's eyes rolled back into her head they whenever did. she smelled it for a second um so what we had today was two and a half ounces of empress gin a half ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice and as a gal i follow on tiktok says it must be fresh Mm. And uh, and then a little half ounce of the lavender simple syrup, which is super easy to make, takes seconds. Uh, and then you shake that up, plop it into a beautiful coupe glass. Mm-hmm. So excited! We have fancy glasses, you guys. We we did a, a big a big spend, and we yes. got things. And one of those things I... is more than one type of cup to drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so shout out to the glass bottle society for these beautiful cups, and we garnish with a lime. You, some people do a lime wheel, some people do a lime wedge, some people like dehydrate the lime. It's up to them. So it's your own choice. Oh my god, this is beautiful. It's so pretty. So the beautiful, it, the color of it is, what do you call that, say, like fuchsia? Oh, I was, mm. it's not fuchsia. I was going to say violet, but it's like a light violet, it's but like violet light. I feel like is too Oh, you're about blue. to spill. Well, even out. 
That's fine. Tilt. Okay. I got it. Well, let's cheers oh to Mackenzie for me. Cheers <laughs> to Nick. To and Nick. Francis for Coppola in this one. Mm. Oh. oh my god. I feel so fancy. <laughs> it tastes like just straight Ooh. lavender and gin. I love the it. Lavender is delightful, you guys. I'm just gonna keep drinking this. Yeah, we're gonna the podcast is gonna be real short because we're just gonna go drink more oh of it. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's so good. Oh my god, I did so good. Congrats to me. Cheers again. Ooh, huzzah. There, that's better. That was a good one. Oh my mm. gosh. I don't even know what we're supposed to talk about next because I just want to drink this up. I'll make more. Mm -hmm. We have all the ingredients still. Mm. Woo! Okay, so set it down. We, we've got a long mm. journey ahead. So sorry. There's like so much it's, moaning. <laughs> sorry. It's like that herbal essence. Mm. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> but so, really, guys. Uh, how have you been? How have you been? Um, I, I've been good. Um, things seem to be kind of, you know, steady sales, mm -hmm. steady as she goes. Um, nothing really bad or good. Uh, it's Robin season. Oh, my God. You got oh, to see my... it a little bit, too. I just stood in your street. It, it's quite mesmerizing. I didn't even, like, walk to the sidewalk. I got out of my car and just stared up. Yeah, I was trying. I, I was. I sent a video to her. I think it was a it, couple of days ago. It but definitely it does not do it justice. Yeah, it doesn't do justice. So this is every year it happens, and we have a huge oak tree, um, you know, like old school Florida oak. Um, a hundred and something years old, yeah, 160. Oh, we yeah, measured it. Uh, we measured it based on the Judy Dench, um, My Life with Trees. My Life with Trees. Uh, documentary. We were so excited to see that. And so then we finished that at like 10 o'clock. You drove home and I was like out in the dark. <laughs> yeah. I get home and I have a message from her. Tree beard is My 150 is years old or whatever. I got real nerdy about it. Um, <laughs> and so obviously birds love the tree, but robins, they're they're just like buck wild right now. They, it, I got out and they're I They're swarming. I closed, I just closed my door and just stared up and I see like probably a hundred of them maybe in just like one mm -hmm. glance. And then as I'm standing there, it was like a cloud of robins yeah. just raised up out of the trees in the distance and swarmed over me like locusts. It was yeah. insane. It's really cool. Like if they're, you know, jumping back and forth, we have a couple of big trees back there. And so they're excited and the sound is lovely. It sounds like you're listening to like nature documentary. Yeah. The white noise machine around oh, here is great. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so great. But when uh, a couple of days ago I was out and they did this thing where Visually, it would look like the videos that you see of a bunch of bird, like starlings. Yeah, like the yeah. starling videos, and they just, it, they're like one. There's like hundreds of them. Yeah, that's. But they <laughs> make this crazy shape that looks like lava lamp situation. Oh my god! Um, and so that's kind of special kind of robin you have. I don't it's a know. Lava the, robin. I have. I mean, they are like red chested, <laughs> so you know, lava is sort of red. Yeah, uh, we have lava red Florida bird things in our backyard <laughs> I love it but but they it kind of is that mesmerizing thing but the thing that was really interesting is that's not what I saw because I see all the tree limbs and it's beautiful but there was this sound where they whooshed mm -hmm. up and they all f sort of fluttered at the same time and it was just this like whoosh 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 to the point that my dogs one is brave and one is not <laughs> the one who's not was gone very soon but even the my brave dog Roland she was like, like it's the apocalypse goodbye yeah I watched both of them they sort of hunkered down and like looked up for a second they're like bye mom and then 
I was just left to fend for myself. <laughs> the birds. Yeah. It's, it's it, Alfred it, Hitchcock. It, 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 it felt, it the felt very... The gin's getting to me already. Yeah, I know. Alfred Hitchcockin. Hitchcockin. Yeah, so that was my that was my exciting nature stuff, but Yay. everything else is smooth sailing. How about you? Um, well, as you had birds. Mm. Do you have some nature news as well? well I have nature news. Oh uh, so no... Nick, nature... I don't know what well, a, a quick side note, just quick side note. I thought my painted bunting had 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 gone on in his mm-hmm. migratory path, but I saw him the other day. I was like, "You bitch!" Every time I say you're gone, you're like, "Ha ha!" I'm so excited that you're talking because now I can drink more. Yeah, <laughs> like do um, go on. So uh, there is a local uh, bee uh, lady here. Uh, her name is let's call them bee babes. Bee babes. Uh, her name is Ruth, and she, her and her daughter work with the bees, and uh, she. Posted recently, I bought honey from her loads, and she recently recently posted about uh, wanting new yards to put some hives in, and it had to be sunny. And I contacted her immediately and said, "Hey, I have a very sunny yard, and I don't use pesticides. What what can we do?" So I, she said she's been going to be in contact with me uh, this week. And hopefully we can get a hive out uh, by oh maybe gosh. the weekend. It's happening. I'm going to get bees in my yard. Bees. Ooh. I'm so excited. So does that mean, because I know there's different uh, like situations that the beekeepers will mm-hmm. run. Do you get to, you know, like get some of the, the honey or, Honestly, or how does that work? it'll be a great bonus if I do because I know her honey and the bees are very hard workers and mm-hmm. they produce delicious honey. Uh, but if I don't get a jar out of it, whatever, I'm doing this for the bees. For the bees. So, so I, I recently bought a bunch of herbal seeds and things. I got butterfly pea flower seeds so I can start infusing my own liquids with the with the beautiful pea flower color. Mm, that's um, exciting. So I want to get those going and I want to see hit up Garden Shack. Uh, another local support local everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, another um, local. Let me know when you go because I really want to go there too. Yeah. It's just yeah. far away. I'm like, ooh, it's over the bridge. Yes, it's not actually not that far from my I house. I know it's not, but so maybe like, maybe Sunday when Ringo's at his yoga class. Oh, yoga. <laughs> if, if Jeff will let you come play with me, maybe in the plants. He's like, you guys hang out all the time, like once a week. <laughs> this is this is this is gonna end up being a lot this week. Yeah. Well. We're going to Universal for Tammy's birthday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm having a dinosaur birthday on Saturday. I got my costume. <laughs> You're never really going to see cool, it coming. I just have a really cool shirt that I got at a vintage store. It's not vintage, but it's it's like 80s and dinosaurs. And I I'm really excited. Can't wait. I'm so excited. I know what Kristen's costume is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, but it's been a stressful week. So the bees, the thought of bees is, is keeping me is keeping me alive. And it's just like Kristen's As been. As are keeping all of us yeah. alive. <laughs> True. <laughs> but Kristen went on a, a little uh, a mini vacay with her with her man up, up to the northern areas. And um, it's kind of like I lost a leg at work because mm. she does my old job. And whenever she's not here, I have to do her job and my job. And it's just become like kind of a wreck. But Kristen, <laughs> don't ever leave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's that's kind of it for me. Um, I've been working out more, eating healthier, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. We've both been trying. We're like, oh, mm. we keep eating cheese and we keep drinking booze. I feel like once... And we keep getting old. <laughs> I feel like once a week is good to have a block of cheese. It's not a block of cheese. We just have... <laughs> a block of we cheese. Have, we have like moz- a mozzarella. 
mozzarella log log and we share it and we we have it with balsamic glaze and sometimes we have basil Mm -hmm. locally grown in tammy's backyard Mm -hmm. basil right now it's everything's dead and sad oh you florida got real cold you guys and it's been awful i guarantee oh excuse me the gin uh i guarantee you that once it starts getting warm and staying warm you're gonna see a lot of basil sprouts we're gonna have so much basil yeah we gotta make a basil drink now Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I just got a great idea. Yeah. <sighs> Save it. Like a muddled. Ooh. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Cat Club. Some of the best musicians in the world playing here. That's still healing. Obviously, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We are about to talk about the Cotton Club, which we reviewed thanks to our newest feature in season two, Cajun Rage. Cajun no, Roulette. That's not what it's called. <laughs> so we've about drank the half of our gins. <laughs> that gimlet got me. Uh, Cajun Roulette. <laughs> So, Cajun raging. And I was like, that sounds weird. Oh my god. Oh boy, it's gonna be a fun time. The podcast. look on your face though, you were like, wait. I was like, wait. I feel like my eyes got real big, like, no <laughs> way. I done messed up. I saw you were like questioning, like, did I do it right? <laughs> so Cajun Roulette is where we have all of Nick's films um in a spinny wheel. And it's all fun and games if you're not the person who Oh yeah, I'm super do. ready to do it to you. I know, I'm horrified because it's gonna be my turn. Uh, but it's we'll get turn. to that at the end. So uh, the Cotton Club is from 1984. Oh, it is a Francis Ford Coppola film. Uh, it didn't start as a Francis Ford Coppola film. I was going to say, it said, Fra- well, no, it said on the thing, it said Francis Coppola. Well, not even Ford. that. Yeah, not even that. It it, it went through, this, this poor film went through a lot. Um, I can't wait will, to hear all about we'll, it. We'll I get to some of those facts as well. And something else before we get started mm-hmm. is that there are two versions. Yeah. You said that, and I, I was watched, like, what? Yeah, so I watched the 2019 version, which is the Cotton Club Encore, which is basically similar to what Francis Ford Coppola did with um, Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. where he did the Redux or... Like the Criterion Collection yeah, so or whatever. Yeah, so he added a lot more, and again, I did some research so I can kind of tell you some of the differences, which I, mo- mostly I agree with. Um, so mine has is like the update it's digitally remastered but there's also different scenes i definitely watched the 84 version so you watch the 84 version i you can find both versions um on amazon and that's what i did i just rented it watched it through what ringo likes to call interdimensional cable oh okay not elaborating on that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't we don't need any SWAT teams jumping in while we're trying to podcast (laughs) but there I think there was uh, I think you mentioned you like Tubi or something had it at the time Uh, of the recording I think I honestly you can Google it usually has everything but you have to yeah because I was like it's two it's already two hours long and Tubi you have to watch ads like like actual commercials right and I'm not all about that that's how I watched Valley Girl. You're so and I'm not you're so brave. <laughs> I, like it added an additional thirty minutes into it. I was oh, I not know. about to like yeah. do it again. Um. So this is a great time to plug our new Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash internal cauldron. Um to help us, you know, buy our drinks and our rental fees so we can bring this to you. All right, yeah, that's it. Just to be clear, <laughs> these coupe glasses, just Google them. Yeah. We got they're we're not fancy, you guys. Look, I've wanted these glasses. I think since my I'm birth. so glad I approve this purchase mm-hmm. 100%. So, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're going to tell you a lot about 
the film. Um, if you absolutely do not want to hear anything about it, please push pause, go live your life, go find it, watch it and come back. Um, and you'll be getting a lot of information about prohibition, which is always, you know, an interesting it's one time. of our favorite times is my yes. favorite liquor was created. Well, yes. made popular. Yes. Yes. A lot. Of, it's just, a, it's like the second wild, wild west of America. I love gin. If you guys can't tell at this point. <laughs> just a bit. It's like all I drink, and then I'll drink rum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> rum true. and gin. Rum and gin. So, Aaron, you got this film for Cajun Rage. I did. Cajun Damn it, I said it again. <laughs> I think Cajun Rage is actually a podcast that I keep following on Twitter. There, yeah, there's... <laughs> so, you're welcome. I just plugged your other podcast. Um, I'll tag you guys. So, I did not <laughs> practice my transatlantic accent at all. Oof. So, if I come out with it... Uh, apologies to anybody who is, like, really into the transatlantic accent. That's not a real accent in the first place. I just tried to wear my sunglasses because I was like, oh, shit, I have sunglasses like Richard Gere. And I always look at them more as, like, Dr. Strangelove-esque. Yeah, they, they are a bit more. But they're, they're, they're pretty close. And that's one of the things I love about the film is that everybody's just, like, wearing sunglasses and fucking... Just, like, 11 o'clock at night in a club. Like, beep, beep, bop, 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 and I'm like, I'm going to do this too. And then I'm like, I can't see my notes or my phone or anything. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's me being the coronet player. Oh, so fancy. So, Aaron, take it away. Oh, wait. Tell us all about the cotton Take club. it away. Take it away, Aaron. If you guys can't tell, we're jazzed Ooh. about this drink. Speaking we're jazzed. <laughs> speaking of jazz, everybody, we open on a lively jazz club. There's... Girls dancing around in skimpy showgirl type outfits. There's whistling and it's a really jazzy why are you that environment. And yeah, that's and that's the opening of the movie. The end. It's a little dark. <laughs> um so then we also so we see this really busy, kind of looking upscale club, and we we can guess it's the Cotton Club. We're not a hundred percent, but we by the name of the movie, let's just say that we mm. guessed. I think eventually they do. Zoom they out do finally, yeah. And you can see the marquee. Um, and then we pan over to a different club, and also in Harlem. This is set in Harlem. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's it's a little bit more homey, I guess. I think it's really important to point out that this set, this scene starts the tone immediately because you have a couple that's trying and it's there's a lot of things that happen in this film that seem nonchalant mm -hmm. and it's like oh yeah no like they were complete assholes then and unfortunately yeah so like is it so it starts also with a couple trying to get out, in this is set this is set in 1928 and it is it, there's it, some slurs there's quite yeah. quite a lot of racism in the movie mm -hmm. so trigger mm -hmm. warning for everybody on that one so yeah, we we see this other club. We find out it's called the Bamvel Club, where Richard Greer. I'm gonna keep saying his name wrong. <laughs> Richard Greer. Richard Greer Cheese, uh, is played by or he's Dixie Dwyer. Dixie um, Dwyer. But he's playing his trumpet, cornet, bugle, whatever they keep calling him. It's a cornet. Um, a cornet. So like the cornet is uh basically a smaller version of the trumpet because it's mm -hmm. smaller and the way it's sort of built, it's very very similar. Like. You wouldn't, unless you saw them together and you were a normal yeah. person, you wouldn't know. The case he had for it was very small. It is, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's... Because I'm know, like, aren't sure. trumpets like this? It, it's like a couple of inches smaller and then that also affects the sound. Yeah. And so It's very it's, like... So it's, it's more of like a mellow, like constant tone mm -hmm. where a trumpet can kind of go all over the place. So 
if you know anything about jazz, like probably the most famous cornetist. What a word, right? Yeah. It would be like Louis Armstrong. Everybody thinks he's Cornetist a trumpeter. sounds like... Trumpeteer? Like t- Cornishone, those tiny pickles. Cornish hens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we see these two varying clubs uh, with their varying ethnicities. Um, and then we see in the shadows uh, a, a dude, a man, meeting with other sketchy, other sketchy shady fellers. And he says, he's in there now at the Banville Club. And he says, we're going to blow the Banville sky high. And it's like, it's not very clear who he's talking about. Yeah, you have really no idea yeah. what's going on other than he's They just kind of start the movie in the middle of the night. It's kind of like starting a conversation mid-sentence with somebody who wasn't there in the first I kinda place. I kind of like that, though. I was just like, I hate grasping at straws, but it was fine. I, I figured it, it out. it makes it more interesting instead yeah. of being like told exactly what's happening. Yeah. You mean like a... <laughs> I mean, like a giant floating stack of words in the movie that tells us. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we're going to blow the Banville sky high. So, uh, Dixie's in there. He's tooting, tooting his horn. Uh, I said tooting like a master. Um, so, there's this guy in there. Then they're all talking about him. They're like, oh, my God. I can't believe he's not black. Wow. What a great, Trump, mm-hmm. what a great mm-hmm. you know, player he is. And... Um, this guy, Dutch, Dutch Schultz, they keep, they keep calling him the Dutchman. The Dutchman, yeah. Which made it hard to do notes, because I was like, Dutch, Dutchman? What do I do? Um, so he's he's played, and then, oh, all of a sudden, a stick of dynamite comes rolling through. I also particularly <laughs> like that the way it's like, it, it's interesting shots, and it's like, stick of dynamite, lit by a cigar, and then they're yeah, like, just like, to ding. like, oh my god, that's so gangsterish. Um, yeah, so the shady the shady dudes from earlier toss the dynamite into the Bamville, and Dixie saves Dutch's life, which I guess at this point we can use context clues to suss out that Dutch is probably the target. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like when you look at the Dutchman, he just like instantly gives off mob mm-hmm. vibes. The, where like, so many other people are like, "I'm a partier" or "I'm a yeah. musician," like, and he's like, "I I'm believe Diane Lane, her character Vera, is in is in the scene yeah, as well, and she's just too. like over here with her she's beautiful like, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm just gonna drink and get super hammered." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's gorgeous. God dang it, she's beautiful. So I was like, "Can I get those lines on my lips?" So, like, she just has <laughs> the lipstick, just perfect. Anyway, um, so Dixie saves. Dutch's life, which prompts Dutch to become kind of endeared to him, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna give you a job. You're gonna work for me." Um, so we see the next morning, uh, Dixie is out having breakfast with somebody. We 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 discover it's it's Nick. He made there it. There he, he is. Comes in early, and then he's gone, and then he's back like halfway. <laughs> yeah, it's he's, he's in and out, but. Uh, <laughs> He does the weirdest stuff in his scenes, so he, he makes it memorable. He's, he's a precious baby in this one, guys. So, it's 84. So his name is Vincent Dwyer, mm-hmm. Dixie's Vinny. brother. Uh, so he's he's all excited. He's just he's absolutely just tickled with the information that, that Dixie saved the Dutchman's life. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, you're going to be working for him. How exciting. And we hear that uh, Dixie says that he's going to be working. Or is he asked to do? Hold on. Did I write this down? Uh, we see Nick and I. Right, sorry, I wrote Nick and Richard instead of <laughs> Vincent and Dixie having breakfast. They're going over well, the night. Well, like the mom, like it's in the news or something, and the mom's like, "Why would you save, you know, the Dutchman?" He's like, "I yeah. didn't know who he was, man. I was just trying to not let people die." 
And it sort of, it, it tumbles from mm-hmm. there, like, after breakfast. Because at the same time, which I think is interesting about this film, you see what's happening with their family, mm-hmm. but also another performer, um, Sandman Yeah, Williams. Sandman Williams and his brother Clay Williams, played by actual brothers yes. Maurice and Gregory Hines. Yeah, Gregory Hines you've heard of. Maurice hardly is ever in film. But, like, if you see them together, you're like, those are our brothers. Yeah, they it, can't. Yeah. They have to be brothers. Yeah, so it's kind of like simultaneously happening. Yeah, and I so think they like later that day, the Dutchman mm-hmm. reaches out to him and is like, "Yeah, I think that's oh, it." Yeah, work for me. Um, oh it is a God, very God, long so movie, guys. It's like it's so long. Um, I figured out why it was long. <laughs> oh, it's because Francis Ford Coppola can't manage a movie that's less well, than two hours. I think it's just like I'll go into it more, but I feel like what happens is you get a small piece of the plot, mm-hmm. and then there's. And then, oh my Ooh. God, I got real excited. And I knocked over my microphone. Now. But no no booze this time. No booze. Um, and then there's an amazing musical performance, either at the Cotton Club or the, the Banville. Um, yeah. And then there's it's like, a lot. There's a lot of musical numbers, a lot of dancing. Exactly. Of, it's like important plot scene, mm-hmm. song. Dancing. Plot scene, song. Yeah. Performance. It's like, it's like it yeah. couldn't decide which one it wanted to be. <laughs> Italy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah so as yeah as as um dixie and vincent are leaving the diner they see sandman and clay on their way to the cotton club to audition to mm-hmm. perform there because as we just discover like all of the all the performers are are black mm-hmm. and which is i under i i did i did see one thing there was like a google thing that said why was the cotton club important and i did click on it i didn't read that much i just read like the first few sentences so but I did read a little bit. But we'll talk about it later. Okay, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it later. later. We'll yeah. talk about it. I was like... <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, then Dixie is asked to play the piano at Duchess Party uh, for $150, which is... I, I did the math. I did the I math on say, all like, of the money. I was going to say, I would fucking play the piano, and I can't play the piano <laughs> You'd be like... Beep, 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 no, I, like I would do... Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, 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 um, I think I could play Row Your Boat Ashore. Or you play Silent Night, that's it. Uh, so, so $150, he, so for the, for the one night of probably upwards of five hours, he's going to make $150, which is worth $2,500 today. Ooh-wee. Yeah, so he's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. I would. Uh, so he shows up in his finery with his coronet, and what do we see? Bugle Boy meets Jesse James. Gangsters. <laughs> Vincent has gotten a job with the Dutchman. Mm-hmm. And and Dixie is He's just so like, ex- he looks fire. He's like, what? 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 Yeah, Vinny is so totally. excited. And it's obviously like super clear foreshadowing. He's like, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. He's like, I'm going I'm to make it big kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously Dixie is like frustrated because he's like, He's like, this he isn't knows, really the he scene. Knows that Vinny's gonna get mm-hmm. in over his head where he probably feels like he can manage himself a little bit better. Vincent's probably the younger brother. Who's oh, Vinny's like, definitely supposed yeah, to be the, the younger. Dixie's like the more responsible one, and it's not the case with every sibling relationship because it's the opposite for me. But <laughs> it, but generally speaking, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're there. They're they're socializing and. Uh, Vera shows up, Diane Lane, and he's like, oh my god, you again. And she's got the coolest also, headdress thing on. Oh, yeah. Also, can we just oh, pause for a moment? Now I'm hitting See? it. Now you Damn did. it. Like, 
Vera has the most amazing name. It's Vera Cicero. I was gonna say, like, what kind I'm of so, fake I'm name so is sorry that? I stole it from you. I'm no. like, that's that's my pen name. No, when Vera I wrote it down, I, like, I wrote down because I I write I write a little baby cast list in the corner, <laughs> and I I wrote Diane Lane and then Vera. Like I wrote Vera Cicero, and as I was writing, and I was like, that's fake. That's, that's the gotta be name though. The next right? time I get a pet or have a new character, I have to name in a video game Vera, Vera Cicero. Cicero. Um, yeah, so she's there, and Dutch is like, I just want you to, you know, entertain her, you know, but don't sleep with her. Like, it's all very, like, possessive. Right, but, yeah, it's... But also, I'm like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen now. <laughs> okay, don't, don't fuck anybody. Well, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go bone her hard. <laughs> the gin is really good. <laughs> the gin, you know gin makes me happy. <laughs> Like, oh, I mean, if, I have if, had so much more than you. I have to talk more. I've just calm you're, down. You're doing so good. You're, doing, you're beautiful. Okay. Did you just shush me I like shush. the shark week? Terrible. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. It's going to be a good one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So we're at the thing, at the party, and we see um, Vera. She walks up to somebody who's arranging flowers. You're like, mm-hmm. is, this is this is a servant, butler. Mm-hmm. No, it's Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Mr. Smee. Played, yes. Played by or Bob Hoskins, and his character is called Oni Madden, mm-hmm. and they go between Owen and Oni, so mm-hmm. it's like, Oni. So weird. Um, spoiler alert. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. He's a real drinking person. <laughs> he's what? He's actually a real person. He's a real He's a real. Oh, I'm, yeah, I know. Like, I figured there's a lot of, like, actual real people. There, yeah, they changed some the stuff Because the Cotton Club was yeah, real. Yeah. Exactly. Um... So, Oni has invited Dutch and also the dude who tried to blow him up, Mr. Mm-hmm. Flynn, mm-hmm. Uh, to make peace and I've kind of... To talk in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> air bunnies. Yeah, they're going to make a truce and it's like the... Cre- it's like, I'm going to shake your hand and it's one of those like, but I'll try to break your knuckles while I'm at it. This is 100% what it's like to be a teacher and, and two kids are <laughs> this fighting. This is the struggle. And you're like, you guys are going to like make up and shake hands or I swear to God, I'm going to call home. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So like I wrote, clearly he's big daddy. That's what I call him. He's, yeah. he's big daddy. Uh, <laughs> um, do, do, do. Sorry, I had to scratch some stuff out because I didn't know Mr. Flynn's name. So I kept writing the guy who tried to blow up Dutch. <laughs> a bomber. <laughs> um, so... They're, they get past this little truce situation, they're back at the party, and they announce it's dinner time. And for some strange reason, they only let a certain amount of people into the food room at the same time. But there's, like, caviar and, like, this beautiful giant roast and, like, crab's legs or lobster. You can see all these beautiful, like, rich foods that were probably really hard to come by at mm-hmm. that point. Especially then, yeah. Yeah. So... Dutch is in there, uh, Dixie, Vera, Oni, we got Mr. Flynn, they're all in. Uh, I think the guy Frenchie, the really super Frenchie tall Demage dude, Frenchie. is played by, are you going to say it? No, go ahead. Oh, Fred uh, Gwen, who has been in a million things, but he's from the monster. Ringo went, oh, oh, it's the monsters guy. Among other yeah. things, I was really excited to see um, him in, like, not Frankenstein he, costume. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's so imposing, and what, even yeah. if he's in the background, you're just like, that's a big but dude. But it, it, it was also, like, with him and Bob Hoskins, it was, like, basically, Such, it's, like... In it's twins. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's Arnold and Donnie. <laughs> it's Arnold and Donnie all over again. Where were I was you? there with a the Dutchman. You said you saw the bomb coming. Yeah, I did. The guy throws a bomb and knocked Dutch down and saved his ass. You knocked Dutch down and saved his watch, ass? Watch this. Oh, let me take care of that. 
Hey, Joe, you want to pick this up? Sure. Since when you got money? I did a couple jobs. So they're all in there eating, or they're they're starting to gather their their victuals. Yes. Uh, Putting things on their plate. But Mr. Flynn is trying. He's just like being a dick. Being a dick. I gotta be egging, honest. Yeah, egging him on. He's making egging a lot Dutch of slurs. On. Oh my god! It's it was basically one racial slur after another, was, and somehow he formed a sentence with them. It was basically Thanksgiving. I honestly would have like, done what's about to happen. Family. Like I would have done exactly what Dutch did, which was <laughs> snap. And snatched the butcher knife from the dude who was cutting the giant roast and stabbed the ever-living shit. Ringo actually, like, they knocked over the caviar. And I was like, no, the caviar. Uh, <laughs> but it's then so Ringo's crazy. like, Ringo just goes, fuck. Yeah, I was, I was like, I kind of already know where this is yeah. going kind of thing. I get the whole film sort of, and I was, <laughs> I was eating a piece of chocolate. Oh, no. I was unwrapping it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are and you, fighting. Like, I choked. Got it. And I go to, like, put it on, I'm like, Fuck! Like a yeah. piece of chocolate <laughs> flew out, and probably the dogs got it. Because oh, and, and the cool thing was, is it's eighties, so you go from like the picture, uh-huh. like the actual like shot of Flynn to a and dead just, torso, yeah. fake like blood. head of him, which yeah. like all like clothes are creepy, to like blood everywhere. It and the blood was really probably great. that like corn syrup uh, stuff. Oh my god! Please stop hitting so your sorry, mic. <laughs> Someone told me to get closer to the microphone. This is what Listen, happened. Linda. Okay. <laughs> so Dutch snaps, stabs the shit out of him. Blood Vera everywhere. and Dixie are there. They witness it. Everybody and, sees it. And Oni's like, the fuck out. Yeah, get your friend out. Yeah. And so he's poor, like, poor Dixie's like, that's not my fucking friend. He's like, dude, I'm here by accident. He I'm here for a job. So Dixie's driving. Vera's in the back with Dutch. And he leans through the lake. I don't know, the chauffeur glass thing. I've never mm-hmm. been in a car like that. And he's like, I need to know where you are. Don't leave town. Mm-hmm. And Super so, creepy. Yeah, and, and Dixie is, like, clearly fucked. And, but then Vera's like, la, la, la. Gotta I've seen this shit all do. the time. Oh, yeah. I should tell a side note. Like, I can't, I think it's during this or maybe a little bit later on. But she, he says something to her. He's like, yeah. And she's like, I'm fucking him to get a nightclub or something yeah she's like he can yeah. get me anything i want you know kind of thing so she's like yeah I'm gonna do whatever yeah. it takes yeah so um and to be fair that's obviously terrible yeah but like many I saw a murder i'd feel like i'm like like many second class citizens women were one of them and if they wanted anything they did have to play that game yeah which is fucked up but yeah. that is the way it was back then uh so next up, we see uh, Vincent and Dixie are going to the Cotton Club with uh, Vincent's new wife, uh, Dixie. Patsy. Okay, okay, okay. Wait. Yeah, Dixie and Vera are going with Vinny and his wife and the mom. You said you said Vinny and no. and and Vera. I was like, what? The whole family goes together. The, yeah, yeah. They, and and Vera. She's not. Yeah. You know, she's not family, but whatevs. Uh, <laughs> So they uh do, do 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 so they go to the cotton club and um there's like this weird little interchange between the maitre d and Vincent where he's like is this the best table you tucked away in the corner mm-hmm. and he's like best table you can buy or something mm-hmm. like that and then so he sits t- the maitre d you guys is Tom fucking waits I saw his name so on the excited. list and I did not click where he because was. Because everybody is so fucking young in this film. You yeah. Have to do a double take. But it's Tom Waits. So if you're a Tom Waits fan, he's in this film and it's exciting. 
So, doo -doo -doo. yeah, so they're there. Mom's there. Patsy, Jennifer Gray. And I was like, is that the girl from the yeah, dance Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, so they're there. And Nick does his crazy vampire's kiss laugh. He does. He's like, ha, ha. And then he does this thing that I've seen children do, which is oh. where your nose itches. And you just rub your hand up your nose instead is of, like, politely, like, doop, doop. Is that perhaps some sort of... Like a fence. I don't know, or maybe he's Nose just like off I don't know, but I like I think he's it I don't think he's cooth enough yeah, to yes. like he's very uncouth. Yeah, but he I even put it in like I wrote it very large compared to everything else. He did the crazy laugh. <laughs> um but yeah, so Dutch shows up and then Owen has oh Owen. Oni or Owen, whatever you fucking feel like calling him. Has him brought to have a little meeting to talk about restitution for the situation with Mr. Flynn, a.k.a. murder. Uh, so he says $25,000 now or 10000 a month for four months. And I'm like, oh, I take the deal. He gets a little money off the top on that one. Uh, but he's like, oh, I just pulled out a, a wad of, like, he knew $25,000 was going to be the fucking, just pulls it out of his pocket. Like, here you go. Oh, but by the way, $25,000 today is $411,000. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They weren't playing back then. <laughs> no, but he just, what? He, what? There you go. All right. I paid there for his death. In, in real life, a sense that these people felt they were untouchable. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a dude in power sort of thing. And, yeah. And, you know, obviously they're going to carry this money around because they're not going to keep it in banks. Right. Because banks He's got Frenchie protecting him. You know, banks are where illegal people put their money. Right. And then also the Depression had happened and they were like, well, I'm not using yep. the bank because the they're bank. going to like fucking take my money and close up the door. So that seems like a lot of cash for us. Mm -hmm. But back then you know obviously yeah. it was because it was gangster life but to carry around a lot of cash at that time it's, it's probably like, not probably, as crazy yeah as it seems now um so yeah so doug shows up and he sees dixie's like oh, listen we're gonna i think maybe this might be later i might be m mushing a bunch of media it, there i will be very honest there's a lot of jumping around that yes. it, it's it's there's there's multiple taking notes on this review in this film difficult because of how much is beep boop bop boop mm -hmm. um so Dutch offers Dixie uh, $300 a week for him to just kind of be there and kind of... First he says he just wants him to take Vera around and show her a nice time. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to turn into like, go get my cigarettes, play a song yeah. that I like, go get drive me places. Yeah. yeah. Oh, $300 now is $4,900. I probably still... I would do that. I was like, I'll go get your week. fucking cigarettes. Yeah, I'll get your dragon. Yeah. Jerk. Um, yeah, originally it's just to escort Vera around and, and, you know, keep her occupied and, you know, don't fuck her. Uh, but it's, it's, it Which is, is turning. because he had his own wife, so he couldn't spend yeah. the amount of time. She ended up having to be a side girl kind of thing. So and his wife her. totally knew it. Ugh. She was such a, like, sarcastic bitch, and I, I love, love her. her. I love her. She was so Love good. her for it. Um... Yeah, and all Dixie wants to do is just fucking play music and do his jam, and it just, and Dutch is not letting that happen. He's like, you saw me murder a person. I mm -hmm. don't 100% trust you. I'll pay you to keep you in my service. Um, but then Vera and Dixie continue to quote-unquote date, kind of, mm -hmm. and they have this I hate you, I love you situation going on, and so, of course, the adult business happens. Why would you say it? I don't know. Like I that? wrote they do business. <laughs> the adult business. 
I wrote my notes. They do business because I think at this point during the movie, it like I think I'm like an hour into it. <laughs> I was gonna it. say you're probably like 35 minutes in. <laughs> that is such a long movie. Um, yeah. So they 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 and the 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 sex scene isn't a hundred percent sex scene, but we do see a naked backed Diane Lane right. on his. It's, and there's a bit of a like movement. I was like, oh, this is cute. It's definitely not <laughs> gratuitous. No. When when several people get together, it's like it's enough for you to be like, okay, they did it, but they that wasn't did the sex. focus. <laughs> they did sex. They 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 did adult stuff. <laughs> <laughs> children cover your earmuffs, everybody. All the children that listen to us. <laughs> oh God. I Oh, but that's not in our age range. <laughs> In our age range, there's no children. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we are mature. <laughs> mature listeners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, pillow talk. Dixie admits that he's going to quit working for the Dutchman. And uh, and she and she's... <sighs> she's in it to win it, man. She's in it to win it. She wants her nightclub, but at the same time, you can tell like she's just like... Meh. She obviously has she, feelings for Dixie, but at the same time, she's like, I have to do what's best for me. I have to stick me. with the Which Dutch. is super shitty. And again, like, this is an extreme version of that, but, like, how many times were people in, you know, we think of, yeah. like, arranged marriages as things that don't happen uh-huh. in America, but they did, like, you know, through, God, probably the 60s, where it's like, I need to marry this person so that I can have a secure life, mm-hmm. even if that's not the person I want to be with kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, Vera's all about getting her own nightclub. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a bit later, uh, Vincent gets hurt, and I say that lightly, gets hurt, calls it a graze, but his, like, entire arm is bleeding, and, uh, so this is kind of, like, we start to hear little things about Vincent throughout here, Vincent being Nick, Nicholas, uh, but this is, I think, the, the, the starting point of his, like, Mm -hmm. rise into... Trying to become his own mob boss, basically. Yep. So he's still working for Dixie, but he kind of gets out of nope, hand. Still working for the Dutchman. Sorry, he started working for the <laughs> the, 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 the other da, da. day. God, there's so many D's in this. It's a lot of D's. <laughs> um, and so while this while while Vincent's continuing to work for the Dutchman, mm-hmm. there we go. Dixie gets an audition for a film, so he's gonna like he's playing like the mob boss, and he's like, oh god, I. I, you know, I got my inspiration from a real guy. Uh, it's interesting this point because how everyone is sort of tangled together that it's not yeah. like it didn't happen so, randomly. Right, Oni sets exactly. it up, which pisses off Dutch because, like, he's got he's some... taken s- away his man. Exactly, but, he, uh, like, I cannot stand that man. Dutch, which he's, one? like, the worst. Oh, I love Bob Hoskins. He could fucking, like, crush a duck with his butt, and I'd be like, that's nice. Keep going. R.I.P. <laughs> like if you sit on a if you sit on a critter and you kill it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep drinking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Dutch is super pissed, and meanwhile, Vincent is going full mob. Oh yeah, and there's like he this put whole, on his big mob bridges. He did. He sure did, and it's becoming rapidly clear that he hates people of color oh yeah yeah he's, it's he's super racist ex- like he he's goes from being like hungry. being a friend with the williams brothers 
Ish, Ish, I feel like I think it was definitely supposed to be more Dixie because he like yeah. I think Dixie is like, supposed to be the level headed. I respect yeah. you because we like the same things. And, yeah, and Vinny was more you know, or Vincent was more just like fuck off. I'm better than you because of my skin color. Yeah, so we see we start to see that Dixie's getting a break with the filming, and Vincent is like while Dixie's trying to get away, Vincent is digging in deep, mm-hmm. going in, going in hard. So this is actually where you're gonna stop. Um, this is where I'm gonna stop. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's at a high point. Yeah. What will happen between the two brothers? What will happen between well, actually, all the brothers Every. in the movie, <laughs> and There's then what's two gonna sets happen? Of brothers. What's gonna happen with Vera and Dixie and Vera and Dutch and Vera and her nightclub? And Vera with what alcohol. The club? <laughs> I do feel I do feel remiss. There is a lot of stuff going on with Sandman, but like he he gets a job at the Cotton Club, and he kind of falls for this chick who you know doesn't one hundred percent fall for him, and like he's dancing with his brother, and him and mm-hmm. his brother kind of fall out. Like so, it's like it's not as it so, doesn't. It's not. It's not a plot point. Well, I think what for like. The point of this film is to show simultaneously mm-hmm. how different people live their lives mm-hmm. during Harlem in the late 1920s and early mm-hmm. 1930s. So you have Dixie and Vinny and Vera and Dutchman. You have, like, dare I mm-hmm. say, the white mobsters doing their yeah. shit. But also, the Harlem Renaissance was happening in it. You, you know, yeah. you had They the- have this really great scene where they have this hoofers, is what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. And they, they were just getting down. Yeah, like, well, like, you had, uh, like, the Duke played there mm-hmm. and was, like, famous yeah. for that. You had Cab Calloway. That's, like, one of my favorite parts is the guy who plays Cab Calloway. Like, you had oh, and all the lady, this stuff going on. That one scene with the lady where she was like, Yeah, She used her mouth like a trumpet is an instrument. So, like, you see all the different sides of how people were just trying to live and exist, how, you know, black people were treated, how women mm-hmm. were treated, how, like... And I think in the movie... The mobsters got to kind of have their way. It just... it. I think it, there's, like, a steady increase. Like, it starts out, like, oh, this is life. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's this steady tick upward of racism and tension. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it definitely builds to... Especially like, because eventually you get to a point where, um, you know, like, the, the African-Americans are finally allowed yeah, to the Cotton Club. So you have Lawrence yeah. Fishburne, who gets to reprise oh, yeah. his role in Hoodlum, which was exciting. Because I had seen Hoodlum before, uh-huh. and I was like, wait, he was bumpy in Hoodlum. He's bumpy in this, too. Do you know in King of New York, his first movie, it was like, and introducing Larry Fishburne. Yeah, he yeah, went he, by Larry He was like, hold up, hold up. Precious. Just kidding. <laughs> it's like whenever Nick dropped the Coppola. I know. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's a thing. So I, I th- and I apparently part of the encore is that the backstory is a lot. So I don't uh-huh. know if things were, because the time difference is only 10 minutes from the original uh-huh. to that. And I was like, I feel, but I feel like I understood mm-hmm. definitely Sandman's uh, story with his brother more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I feel like it was really choppy. Yeah, and that's what, like, I'm actually going to share, um, okay. like, a review with it. Well, but, I'm, yeah, I'm so really excited about, about all like, of your fun The number runnings tidbits. and all this kind of stuff and yeah. sort of how everybody kind of clashed at that time. Yeah. There's plenty of money in Harlem for everybody. It's hot, and it's getting hotter. You start this war business up there, and you got a brand new enemy, me. 
and me. Jesus Christ. You're here because you both agreed to this truce. And it is a truce. Tomorrow is a business day. Clear? The really cool thing about this film, there's a lot that could be said about it. I'll start mm -hmm. with some of the, the research and facts that I did, and then we'll kind of go into our thoughts. Um, oh, you know what I just thought about? Mm. I wonder if our readings are going to be vastly different because of the version you saw versus the version I saw. I don't know. That'll be fun to find don't out. Look at my, don't look at my readings. Don't look at my notes. Stop copying off of me. So, as we mentioned before, the Cotton Club um, was and still is a real club in New York. You oh, can it's still, still open? Yeah, you can still go. Ah. It's, it's obviously gone through many iterations since um, Oni Madden created it. Um, and, and he was kind of like one of the many mm -hmm. gangsters of the time that were coming through. They'd uh, pick up these speakeasies that were sort of falling out because of the prohibition laws that were mm -hmm. being passed. He'd snatch them up real fast. And one of the ones that he ended up acquiring... He ultimately turned into the Cotton Club. So much of what you see that's characterized in the film is historically accurate. Like mm -hmm. prohibition was happening. Um, the when law... did prohibition end? It was the 30s, right? Uh, no. Or was it? It was 20. It's the 18th Amendment. That's that's the one thing I know. <laughs> I feel like it was like 22 to. And, and I know that um, the way it worked is if you already had it. Mm hmm you were fine, but people could you not... You mean already had it, like already had the club? Like, no, 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 I apologize. If you already had booze, like if you were like, I have oh, a wine like I have a, I have a keg of gin. Yeah, so you were fine, but at once it was passed, you could not create more, which obviously becomes a problem because who has like... a keg of gin, though? <laughs> well, and that's that's <laughs> the time that bathtub gin started happening. Dude, so that's I looked up a, I looked up a people recipe. people started like fucking dying. Because I wanted to make so my bad, own gin. Because I've mm -hmm. seen those kits, and I'm like, there's got to be a way I can make my own. And I was looking at bathtub gin, and there's like a lot of people that are like, nope, just just get just buy just gin buy out of the store. Well, because <laughs> at that time it was like this super like high mm -hmm. volume or whatever, high intensity. Probably like I don't know what moonshine. It was. it was the same kind of stuff that you would use in like paint thinner. Oh it my was God. you know for the alcohol kind of thing. So it was really crazy. So the 18th Amendment was passed. You can't um, stop people from trying to lose. We're their gonna wits. get drunk. However that, it takes. I'm gonna I don't know why I'm so southern and country. Oh, because I'm a country bootlegger. I would be a country bootlegger. I would. I could not. Be I a would be a bathtub bootlegger. I'd be yeah. like, hey y'all. I'd be like, who wants? Oh, that? I'm sorry. I'd be like, come get my gin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I can't do a transatlantic <laughs> accent. Um, I, so I, I, I tried was... to do. I tried to do Evan Williams from American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, he's like Miss Evers. <laughs> that seemed good. Miss Evers. This is what you're serving to my countess. There. There we go. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now and finish before you lose it. That's it. No more. It's like when you go out on a win. You did so good. Miss Evers, nope. get, me a, get me a fresh cocktail. <laughs> um, cocktail. So Owen Madden <laughs> and Frenchie were both um, real people at that real. time. They did not necessarily work together. And there's a lot of reports that they were actually... Um, rivals? Yeah, rivals. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were real people. Um, and, you know, again, they were taking over the speakeasies because they were doing it. So, um, Owen Madden, what, Oni Madden. It's really hard to say See, his it's name. like Oni or Owen. They yeah, call him both It's, it's Oni, but I want to say Owen because... But they say, they call him Owen in the movie. It's like, it's like the, some, 
Like the, it seems like the people who work for him and the women call him Oni, and then the men who don't like him very much call him Oni. I can see Owen. that. That's probably like his like real name versus like yeah. his fun name. Because I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, oh, Oni. Uh, Oni, could you get me another beverage? Yeah, that's Oni. definitely what the girls would say. Do you have another gimlet? Um, so Oni. Pop the champagne, Oni. <laughs> Oni was the, the bootlegger. Mm-hmm. Frenchie was a gambler. And so that's why in the film you see a lot. Well, in my version that I watched, they go into a little bit more detail about mm-hmm. number running and like how they, they would do. like bet. And that was Lawrence Fishburne's thing. That it, was Bumpy's thing. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was in it. You saw him in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then you didn't see him again until like kind of almost towards the end. Like, yeah, there's so, a so giant he, gap where just Lawrence Fishburne doesn't exist. He's in the beginning for a second. There's some middle scenes, mm-hmm. and then there's kind of a bigger scene in the end. I would definitely recommend watching the encore because what. Yeah. What I'll say, and I'm sort of jumping around, is the encore version is is Francis Ford Coppola's version, the version that he, he said wanted. he envisioned the studio. It's like freaking um, what was that other movie that there's a better version now, and we had no idea. Was it, it wasn't Kick Ass. It it was something by the shit fuck brothers, and we were like, oh my god, oh it was no, it was Army of One. Mm, it was that one. Remember? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like the shit fuck brothers. You know. Weinstein piece of shit. Anyway, oh, both fuck asses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was um, like the Wachowski brothers, the Duffer brothers. Like, <laughs> no, you're talking about apparently. I guess like okay, brothers. So, well, so, actually, the Wachowski sisters. Excuse me. That's that's true. So, a lot of what you see, these characters were actually real time gangsters. But, of course, it's historical fiction at the same time, so some liberties are taken. There's this really <gasps> great article. Oh, sorry. Um, I just finished my drink. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Catching up to me now. There's a really great article on AvenueMagazine.com, and I'm going to share it um, on Instagram. I know we can't really share a link. I think you can share links on, like, Twitter. Um, but I can on Easier. Twitter, and I'm going to. Um, I want you to read it. This is the part that's really exciting. It's titled, The Cotton Club, colon. <laughs> a scandal in two acts. It is a phenomenal story because it talks about the issues that the Cotton Club had mm-hmm. as a real life situation and like, you know, boot- bootlegging and the gambling issues and the racism and just all of the craziness that was happening at the time and all the things that they were doing that were super illegal and just, you know, murders and killing off people who were getting in there. Yeah, way. it was like it, that's it's how like the Wild that. West of New York. That's what I was saying, like yeah. Wild West Part 2. However, however, the title of that article is in two acts. So it talks about kind of the real life situation that mm-hmm. happens in the movie. You guys, this is definitely the the most sordid so movie. So quick side note, if you guys can't tell, Tammy is 100% so jazz. So one of the first times I ever truly hung out with her was at this thing they had, they used to have called the um, bootleggers, bootleggers ball. ball. And that's actually the very first time I ever had a gimlet. Was it? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. The time that you, you were there and I didn't even know you were going to be there. We bumped into no, each other. No, yeah. Really my excited. my husband got tickets last minute from, like, a friend. They were like, we got, we got, we, were we, we were playing a game. I don't think it was really We bad. played, like, was, poker. Yeah, it was, like, like the river Yeah, they river. had, like, a, they had where you could get chips and, like, you could put your yeah, chips did, like, into, to, like, a raffle kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. as the only one I went to, uh, but... Yeah, that was, like, our first time truly hanging out. And you were like, oh, my God. Yeah, 
I, I, I like you. And I was like, I like you. I like you. <laughs> it was our, it was, we met mutually through friends, but it was kind of, you know, like, I know you, but yeah. we're busy and, and different things. And, and I never missed a party after that. That's, that's <laughs> true. And I had the opportunity for our, um, our neighborhood. We did a, didn't you do a fundraiser? I yeah. did. I helped with, for, with it for about four years. Um, Called Bootlegger's Ball. We had it in like. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I thought we really? could make it one episode. <laughs> Lay the fuck down. She was really good this whole time. Lay down, baby. She's got a circle okay. 17 times. Okay. okay. She'll be Sit. fine. I'll have to try she's to circled edit circled like eight times. Okay, she's down. Um, and yeah, so so that was our fundraiser for the um, Historical Society, and we got to have it at church, which was really great. That place was so cool. It's absolutely Yeah, they beautiful. let us gamble and drink in a church. Yeah, they were like, whatever, The man. church is like 100 years old, though. Yeah, so. and it's like, well, it's Saturday. This isn't Jesus' <laughs> yeah. day. They were, they were super Sunday cool. is Jesus' day. <laughs> Today we drink. We have wine and booze. That was also and... the first time I tried, what was the other drink, an old-fashioned? I didn't think, yeah. I did not, I didn't care for that Ooh, one. Oh, I love old fashions, but I do like the darker boozes, and I feel like you like the lighter boozes. Boozes. It's because I'm so pale. <laughs> anyway, we should probably circle back to our story. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so in this article from avenuemagazine.com, the two part is not just, you know, the craziness that's actually the Cotton Club, but the making of the Cotton Club. Wait, Oh my god, I'm so excited. It's one of those things where I don't want to tell you guys everything, including Erin. You want me to read the article? I want I you to read the share, article. Because, share the highlights. So I'll share so I'll share the highlights. So it, it not only gives you the insight of the original club, but you know, like I said, the making of the film. The making of this film included legit break-ins to people's homes. Oh my god, what? Drugs. Well, and, of course. I'm talking about It was the eighties. I'm talking about cocaine. Yeah. The heavy stuff. I assume that. And murder. <gasps> what? Bro, somebody. Oh, sorry. That was probably really I loud. I think I got really excited and like, I'm, a, I'm now you told me to be on the microphone. I'm on it. Get, get I'm, on I'm, top. I'm making out with a microphone. Oh, yeah, do it. Somebody got murdered <gasps> in the making of this film. Oh, my God. Is this like the corpses like, like holding? Like, like Hitman <gasps> hired. Oh, my God. I want to read it. <laughs> see. So, um. It's oh my god, I just got goosebumps. Oh my god, I'm so excited. You know I love true crime. So, so while you watch the, the Cot Club, and I, I know I texted you like 30 minutes, and I'm like, fuck, this is long. I told you. <laughs> so and I it watched just, it the day before, really, and really I was not. like, I feel Christ like it's only it. like two or two and a half hours, and I, it, we go, two, I two know and that's hours. long, but I feel like that's a normal film at this point. I just think it was the, the way it was uh, shot, but I'll, yeah. I'll talk more about that. So here's some other fun facts besides... Break-ins, drugs, I and murder. I can't remember what Ringo said about it. I can't. He said something. It made me laugh. And I should have wrote it. Wrote, wrote, wrote it, it down. So another interesting fact. You're, ooh, what's your face doing? Sylvester Stallone. God damn it. Of Again. Face Off. <laughs> Not for Nick's role. Sylvester Stallone was, was once considered for the original lead. He was going to be Richard Gere. He was going to be Dixie. But he backed out. Again, more fucking drama. This movie has so much drama. My heart is racing. Apparently there's like a Hollywood like book about this uh, as as far as like crazy shit. I wonder if this is in that book that Damon and Liz gave us. It may be. Um, We're going to have to actually sit down and read it now. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do some story time. He backed out very angrily when he found out that his, the producer, Robert Evans, 
was having an affair with his girlfriend at the time. Oh, my God. And this Robert <laughs> Evans guy, you're going to read all about when I share that magazine. I recognize the name. Hoo-wee, y'all. It's, like, so great. It's, like, it's like some juicy goss. It's the hot tea. The, I was going to say, is, it, is the tea Ooh, scalding, God, as it, Kristen it puts it. it She's it, like, this tea it, is it's scalding. It's melt your skin off, you guys. Other fun facts. Uh, Richard Gere actually played um, all of his musical acts as well as... I was going to I was gonna say, I figured it was him because like, I saw him in Chicago. Yeah. And he really did those tap dance numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, and, he did all and that. And he Pretty Woman. Singing. Yeah, yeah, and yep. Pretty Woman. He, can play, Pretty he, Woman. he did the piano and a lot of the score, but he actually played the cornet, and he plays the trumpet and the cornet. Yeah. So he did a lot of that, as well as Gregory Hines and his brother Well, Maurice. Gregory Hines is... But those two are, are, like... I I knew Gregory Hines. Like, I, I've known of him. I knew his talents. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever actually... I think... Wasn't he on, like, Sesame Street once? I feel like he was. Um, I'm pretty sure um, everyone was on <laughs> Sesame Street at some point. Yeah, like, I saw Gregory Hines. I'm like, that's Gregory Hines. I know that face. Yeah, he's been in a whole bunch of different things. Um, but he, I think... They're such a... Like, him and his brother are such good dancers. Well, yeah. And it, it, he's known more for... He did... Start, he, he was doing a lot of movies in the 80s and then started doing more TV shows and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I feel like that's where I've seen him most is TV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean everything from, like, Sesame Street, Blue's Clues kind of stuff Aww. to crazy, yeah, to, to crazier stuff. So... I just had to keep my ADHD in check right there because you said Blue's Clues and my brain went, hey, did you see? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. No, stop. Um... And then, uh, only because I could go on forever with yeah. some of the fun facts. I know. I was like, how I'm long like, is this like, uh, fun facts section going to be like We said minutes. we weren't going to go on forever for 17 years <laughs> like we normally do. So This is clo- this is near and dear to your little prohibition it, heart. It is. It is. It's really interesting. I asked Tammy if she still had time. like her flapper dress and the, her little, and she went, immediately she said yes. I was like, well, I figured you would have like, never. I, I can do full costume her. if you need me to. She's like, do you, do you want me to dress? I'll just, do you, do you need a dress? I have accessories. I was like, I, ha- I can make you. I can, I can make you beautiful. Um, and if you, when you see this film, you'll start to notice people. And I think probably one of the easiest people to point out is uh, Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. He looks very young. So I actually, but he still I looks like Richard Gere. On the side, I've got uh, young Lawrence Fishburne. Exclamation yeah, point! Exactly. He's and super young. Jennifer Grey, Bob Hoskins. So we've got uh, Richard Gere, Diane. Uh, Richard Diane Lane, who? Richard. Did I say it wrong again? Richard, Richard Gruyere Cheese. Uh, James Rent, Rent Ramar plays Dutch Schultz. Who you've seen which in you've a seen, thousand And he movies. always plays the douche. He always plays, like, the bad guy or, like, the, the authority figure. I was going to say, not always the yeah. bad guy. But he, and, um, and I think what I love about him is that yeah. he does movies. He does video game voices. Yeah. He does animated series. He he's does been, it all. Like, like, he's... He's been Batman Two Face like for years, like in the animated series. I knew I recognized that mm-hmm. voice more. Yeah, than exactly. I... And, and like in one million other films, like he may rival Nick. In Hold on, Nick's got like in. what are we at? One hundred twenty-four movies, I think. From yeah, you, now, you talk. You talk. You, I'm gonna you do it. that, and I do think that as we say it, it's an unfair comparison because he also does video games, animated, and TV. But you look that up. So. As you're looking at these things, you'll you'll notice, wow, everybody looks so much younger, but some people particularly look really young, like Larry Lawrence Fishborn. Oh when God. you see Diane Lane. He's a little rough, though, right now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's hard. Like, Not I Nick. Like, Not Nick, oh. sorry. Um, when I noticed 
Diane Lane because I'm used to seeing her more as like a blonde or a dirty blonde. Yeah, like, she did. I was like, is that Diane Lane? I was like, it was hard to catch at first. I was like, she looks like a baby. She was 19 filming this, and all Nikki Blue Eyes was 20. If I did my math right, oh my you looked God. at me where maybe I didn't do my no, math. No, my brain, I like, I just couldn't, like, it just didn't click into my head that. You and that said was filming, not 19. necessarily when it came out. Yeah, she like was a little little baby. Waiting for the fucking thing to load. All right. Okay. Well, yep. Sorry. I'm, that's I'm okay. Like, you. Okay. Oh, it's back. Oh! It's back. It's back. Actor. 175. Wait, hold on. Now again, that's now. voice acting. That's everything. And I feel like he is going to be the winner just because he does. No, I'm doing this. I'm cartoon. Doing this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Like he that, could be. That he stuff could really be. Adds up. Okay. So that was 175, 175 for James. For James Remar. Yeah, Renar. 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 Just say it fast. No one will know. <laughs> the gin will tell us. <gasps> he beat him by like a lot. It's 109 for Nick. Damn, 109 though. And those are pretty much all movies except for me. I think he did Nick. He did Superman's voice in a couple of things, but he's he, yeah, he did in Teen Titans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy and I have shit. one more thing. You look really excited. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I finished my drink. So excited. Oh. <laughs> What? what was that? I just moved the iPad to make some more room. That wasn't a fart. So it was not a fart. Um, and I'm very excited because a lot of things are about to happen. So if... I'll try not to you. I know. So um, in the fun facts, there is a bit of a historical cameo, if you will. Um, not Tom Waits. <laughs> it's not Tom Waits, who I love so much. And I just imagine, because Tom and Nick were in Rumblefish also, mm-hmm. and which is also a Francis Ford Coppola film. And, you know, I just imagine that they're but like... That Rumblefish was... Oh, no, I'm thinking of that other one that you and Aubrey were talking about. Oh, Hudsucker Proxy? That That's Coen yeah. Brothers. That's Coen Brothers, yeah. Um, I just imagine Tom Waits and Nick Cage's friends, and I just want to sit by the fire and just listen to them. You sit there Oof. with your gimlet, like... Whatever, I don't even care. It could be literally be water. Like I would be fine. Um, so there's a historical cameo um, near the end. So I won't give too much away. But Oni um, and Frenchie are talking to um, another person. It's the scene where you've got this huge musical spectacle, which there are always these huge musical spectacles going there's on. Quite, there's quite a few of them. So you have somebody else come in. The three of them close the curtains of the booth, which I'm like. Okay, I get that you want privacy, but also it's a fucking loud yeah. club. No one's going to hear you, but whatever. But it, they do then lend to, you know, the, like, dark mm-hmm. background and the light on their eyes kind of situation. The noir. And so I'm listening, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. We're going to set up the Dutchman, blah, blah, blah. I know this guy, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay. They, they're like, okay, uh, Lucky. And I'm, like, writing something down. I was like, Lucky? And I was like. Is that Lucky Luciano? So I go back and I'm like, okay, it's very possible. Again, you don't have a lot of context. And I feel like if you don't know anything about bootlegging, if you don't know anything about prohibition, Isn't if you he don't. on one of your shot glasses? He is on one of Did my. Did you bring the shot glass? Shot glasses. He <laughs> is. I think I'm, I'm positive I drank <laughs> out of this one. It you... says, so it's a mugshot of Lucky Luciano, and it says rap sheet, mob boss, racketeering, murder, bootlegging, narcotics, peddling, compulsory prostitution, 
drug trafficking, and mugging. Yeah, I know. I was like, I guess we're going from worst to to least yeah, with the mugging. Like mugging. Yeah, yeah. So, and I get that. Again, most people may be like, maybe I've heard of them, maybe I haven't. Kind of thing. You you really kind of have Slam to be that shot. Class I got so excited. So hard. Um, you 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 might have heard of it, but let me just give you a little backstory about Lucky and why Lucky is really cool. At that time. Most of the mobsters, gangsters, however you want to refer to them, were kind of like what we would call old school. They kept to their same community, let's say. They kept to the same old ways. But Luciana was more of like a new age kind of gangster. He was younger. He was up and coming. um, And he didn't cling to those old ways kind of thing. So he was totally fine working with the Jewish community, the Irish community. Basically, he didn't fucking care who he worked with as long as there was money to be made. I was going to say, he's like, uh, but equal, was, equal opportunity. But, but that was not how those old timers mm-hmm. were. So that's how he started to rise to power. And one of the ways that he rose to power was obviously taking out other people in among his crew. Wait, what else are you reaching for? <sighs> oh, he worked with Bugsy Siegel. <laughs> oh, here's Bugsy. Read, read Bugsy's. Shot, which is uh, the the other part of my gangster <laughs> shot class. Yeah, she's got quite a few of these. I'm pretty sure. Don't you have an Al Capone? One? Oh, I've got a lot. I, but dare, these, I, get, I know. But this. I was so excited that not only did I have <laughs> uh, Luciano, but I had like two people who were related to this film in the same nice. six shot glass. Uh, set. All right, so it says Bugsy Siegel rap sheet contract kill. What? Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. His is, like, way worse than his. Well, okay, he was the sorry. contract killer for Luciana. Luciana uh, was the face, and he was one of the people that, like, so, got the shit done. Yeah, so it says contract killer and leader of Murder for Hire organization. So that's MFH. <laughs> <laughs> illegal bootleg. Oh, wait, no. Illegal bookmaking. You made books? Uh, if you cook the books, it's, like, uh, like doing. Oh, so it might be, like, a like, numbers running. Oh, gotcha. Like, yeah, like, like So what was thing. he doing, like? Making banned books. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers running. Well, see. Oh, there you go. Uh, car thief, bootlegger, gambler, extortion. Mm. And in... Wait. She's reaching. I'm reaching <gasps> for more. I'm not doing this. Yes, you are because Fuck. we're gangsters and what I'll is do that? a baby one. So one of the things that was bootlegged a lot was gin. The other thing was whiskey. And I know you're not a fan, so you'll have a little baby one. Just a teeny. You'll be baby Bugsy. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's a baby one. Look, okay. The reason why I make these noises is not that I hate whiskey. It's that I had a very bad experience and the whole smell of it kind of ruined my Don't smell it and think of gangsters in me. You just smelled it. It doesn't smell bad. This is a slightly better version. Maybe it... mm. Yeah, it was my twenty first birthday, and I did drink like eight different types of liquor in that day. But to Nick and to bootlegging. Mm. Your face. (laughs) (laughs) So good. It is better. (gasps) No, I told you it tastes like. Take it away from me. Fire in your mouth. (sighs) Sorry, my mouth tingly. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Scotch whiskey does. This is why I like gin. I know, I know, but we had to get the full bootlegger experience. No, no, no. Okay. You be the you be the that bootlegger. I'll be the gin bootlegger. <laughs> All right, you calm yourself. I've got a couple of. I don't know nuts. if I'm going to make you another gimlet now. <laughs> no, 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 please. See, my it's, mouth doesn't feel like this after I take a shot of it's gin. For the podcast. We had to. It's for the pod. Yeah, for for the gram and for the pod. Okay, let's, so let's, a couple of Nick 
nugs. I was going to we'll say, let's, to, let's do this. Let's get our ratings. Yeah, let's, let's talk about We still fun. have to eat dinner. We do. It's quite late. So, um, again, we mentioned that Nick is not in this film a lot because it is an ensemble. He and probably really... is in it for, like, a grand total, I want to say, 15 to 20 minutes. I was going to say maybe, maybe 10 to 15. Um, oh, my God. I'm out of all of my liquids. Oh, my God. My mouth tastes like hot. I have some Chardonnay. Oh, okay. There you go. Is this the one you put ginger beer in? Nope. That one's a new one. <laughs> I just, it was a science test. It yeah. It was a science experiment, not a science test. It was not A, B, C, D. <laughs> oh, God, these don't go well together. No, they don't, but we wanted to drink something. What's so better? We talked about um, Vincent, Vinny, who was, you know, trying to be, like, this up-and-coming, like, uh-huh. kind of, you know, thing. So that character was actually based off of Vincent Mad Dog uh, Cole. Huh. And in real life, he actually did work with Dutch Schultz because Dutch Sol- Schultz. Hmm. Whoop. <laughs> The Dutchman. The lisp is coming out. I can't believe you made me do a shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that whole side story of working with the Dutchman and trying to kind of like one-up him and take him over was actually yeah. a real-life situation. I was going to say, you can see where he's like, I'm excited to get into the mm-hmm. game. And he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to start to go buck wild. Yep. I'm going to start to come on my bod mosh. Bob my. What are the whiskey. Oh, Bless it. And then I'm one drink other, water after this, I promise. One other Nick Nug that most Nick fans probably know is that Nick is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. We've yes. mentioned that a few times, yes. and he changed his name in the very early 80s, a year or two before. I think the only thing that he appeared in as Nicholas Coppola was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think that was the, the first one. He did, like, TV one. stuff, that yeah. one, and then he switched over because he did not We've want to We've all seen that weird commercial of them dancing around in a convenience it's, store. It's very, very strange. And he <laughs> chose Cage, which, again, we've referenced before. But in case Luke you have any... Cage. Names, which I think is really cool because, mm-hmm. you know, this would have been, what, the... 70s, 80s that he should well, He was 19. He, he, he was born in. He grew up probably in the 60s and oh 70s. God. And think about all the comics that were out. Mm-hmm. You know, all the Avengers, all the, you know, whoever. DC, well, Luke Cage Marvel. Is a badass. Luke Cage is a badass, but Luke Cage is so underrated. And I yeah. think it goes to show what an amazing person that Nick is. Is that like out of all, like the sea of people, the X Men, the Avengers, like mm-hmm. Justice League, all those fuckwads, like who mm-hmm. we all like love and whatever. He's like, no, man, like I think Nick, like Luke Cage is the best. And I just, my I favorite think that speaks volumes about it. It's always um, Storm. Storm is also really cool. I'm like, I also get really angry and wish I could electrocute people. Yeah, she's just gorgeous. She is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Save me a life. What is it? It's jazz. Thank you so much, Tammy, for that. Very insightful, very informative, invigorating, invigorating synopsis. synopsis. Uh, I cannot wait to read that article. I cannot wait to find out about the shady situations and the so real exciting. life behind the scenes stuff, as well as more facts about the movie. So, I believe it is now time for us to yeah, tell me what you thought about the film. Oh yeah, that's where we're at, right? Yep. <laughs> Whiskey and You're the gin. You're real fucking hungry right now. I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm hungry. Uh, so because 
we saw different versions. I did not like it that much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on why? Sorry, I had to drink and let you soak that in for a minute so you wouldn't be so mad at me. I'm not mad at you. So... I felt it jumped all over the place. Definitely. I felt like stories weren't fleshed out for, let's say, the minority people of color. And I, I was just like, why are we following the Sandman story at all? Because it just seems like piece. It's like it's they piece threw it in to say, yeah. it's like, hey, there's also black people right, in this it's movie. Like, it's like Token from uh, yeah. uh, South Park. Yeah, it's like, I felt like it was really like disjointed and like, if they just cut all that out, it would just be a movie about a bunch of white people fighting each other. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really enjoyed seeing all like the the like the acts and all the dancing yeah. and all the music yeah, the musical and I, performances. Yeah, I liked Absolutely. I liked all the acts and everything, and that was that was really great. But I I struggled to remember the end of this movie. Like that's how much I. Mm -hmm. I ha like I had to force myself to remember the end, which is sad. But now that I know that there's like this other version with more information and stuff, maybe that's maybe that's maybe see. This is why I was like, maybe our ratings are going to be hugely different because of this. So that's how I felt about the movie. How did you feel? About the movie? Um. Well, I agree, even to an to the extent that I saw it. There's multiple perspectives going on, which I think is important. And as I read more with what happened with the Encore and the RogerEbert.com article, um, who we talked a lot of shit about last <laughs> night, less time, bless his spirit. He he was real spot on. Don't give me that look, man. He's going to come and haunt you. Fine. <laughs> I have many options to keep his ass out. <laughs> Um, Selenite on all my windows and doors. He was pretty spot on, and I'll, I'll share that on Twitter as well. Um, the original, he had said, because he obviously had seen both, because he's seen, like, every movie. Yeah. Um, is very disjointed, and part of that was, of course, the studio. Maybe Roger Ebert and I would have been friends. I think, I think you guys are both kind of, like, bitchy-ass people <laughs> in the best sense of bitchy-assness. <laughs> And and I think I think you would have gotten along, and I think I think we all would have gotten along, and and it would have been good because we can be quite judgmental sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. How dare you? Um, <laughs> you know that was one of the things that he said in his article on the Encore is that the original is very disjointed. The studio kind yeah, of like it's cut up a lot, choppy, and so the Encore is supposed to be like we said more aligned to what Francis Ford Coppola had envisioned when he took it over because he was yeah. not the first person. There was like, a lot of like takeover and stuff. Honestly, I could give two shits about the romance. It's it's very like antiquated. It's yeah. Like, obviously it's gonna happen because that's the formula of these kind they of They do that stupid thing where they're like, We're fighting, we're fighting. Oh my god. And then I dance. grab your face and I make out with but you. But I love the Oh fact my god, that the other dance started doing the dance. <laughs> slapping the shit out of each other yeah like they have this whole scene where they slap each other while doing like the tango or something yeah i definitely was more invested with uh sandman trying to get his girl because it felt more real and i think that was oh. the struggle which i don't want to go too into because i know we didn't talk about that but i think no i i, I think especially because this is supposed to be in the late 20s early 30s mm -hmm. of harlem it should focus more 
on those entertainers. On the black community. But it couldn't because it was made in the 80s by a bunch of white people for white people. Yeah. That's harsh, but I kind of think that, you know, it is the way it is. So the encore version has a lot more of those things kind of fleshed Mm -hmm. out. So you obviously still have the focus of Dixie and all that, but you get to see at least more of the community. Uh, So I recently found out about something, and I'm sure I'm going to sound like I just never learned anything at all, but I didn't know about this. All the time. (laughs) No, but but specifically because I was educated in a white public school, I didn't learn a lot about, you know, other cultures, Mm -hmm. histories, or recent history. Um, So I recently found out about something called passing, which Mm. is where... uh, black people who had more like white lighter skin Mm -hmm. and had like more like like they call them like white features like Mm -hmm. i guess like it's like facial structure facial structure yeah uh would pass as um as white people that's actually in the first yeah no he he does like the the guy sandman says it and like he does talk about He's like, you're passing. And, like, I I just, I never knew. And, like, it didn't even, like, make sense to me. Like, because I, I grew up in, like, a mixed school. But, I mean, they, they taught just, like, white shit. But then I went to, like, a majority. I was one of only two white kids in my fifth grade class. And so I got to learn a lot more about mm-hmm. their culture, which is really great. But, obviously, children in fifth grade in they the 90s the things, aren't yeah. talking about passing. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was like extremely risky, and extre- And if they were found out, they could like, they were treated worse than they actual. They were yeah, they were like severely punished, and like which is fucking so terrible. Yeah, like oh fuck. I mean, even ugh. the essence of the Cotton Club, where the entertainers were all they were all black, African American. But if you look at them, amazing not- performers. A majority so, of the ones, at least in the movie, were all like more light skinned. There's only a few that were I mean, they were, were but I, I think the point is, and, and like I said, you know, like you, you can like Google it, you see yeah. like, holy shit, like these are the people of the Harlem Renaissance that were playing at the Cotton Club in God, real life. I bet they were so, <sighs> like, I would have loved to see but that. But it was all, not from a Cotton Club, but yeah. it was all four white people. I mean, they didn't yeah, let four black people. people in. And it was like, yeah, that, like, like, what was the guy in the movie that kept like, like basically, he was like the bouncer of oh, the performers, yeah, like the, the shitty bouncer. It was just like you he know, was always like, like even, you can't look at the stage, you can't look up here, you like, can't go you there. Can't what are you doing? Anything, yeah, you know? and even I um, own your ass, like that kind of thing. Even Dixie and Vinny's mom, who was also like a dance teacher or something. Oh, they, she was in the beginning. She was so cute. With she her was really singing. precious, but yeah. like she, you know, she's like, I just want to go to the cotton club. I just want to have a night out. Mm-hmm. All my boys are back. Blah, blah blah. And they go, and she even makes a comment like, "It's so sad mm-hmm. that they can't." even go and enjoy their own club yeah and then Vinny's like it's not their club like he says some like racist shit but the problem is like she is like that's messed up yeah she's like all of the performers are my people still complicit yeah because she's like oh my gosh this is if I don't leave I'll get and and, and that was the thing it was like this is terrible but I also really just want to enjoy the show kind of Mm -hmm. thing um for me I enjoyed seeing yes, what that, did you think about that kind of, you know, fleshed out. I felt the acting was done well. It's not, like, super immersive, like Mandy, where you have Nick and you have Linus Roach, and it's, like, they're totally different people, and you're in this own world. But I also mm-hmm. feel like, like, I feel like I was there. You know, it's not stereotypical. It's just good acting. Like, 
mm-hmm. you know, like maybe could somebody have done better, but you know, the acting was good. The shots were, you know, well done. They play on the stereotypical, like dark screen, light yeah. shadow kind of thing, but it is really long. And I, and that's when I kind of realized <laughs> like, and then in the encore version, there's a lot more of the musical acts apparently added to it, which is what I loved. Yeah, I enjoyed the. I, I I just I wrote at one point a lot of dancing. Yeah, it's 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 incredible performances that I would prefer to watch. And then ultimately, as I was watching this, I felt this is two films. This is yeah. like a performance film and this is a kind of shitty gangster film <laughs> like i would rather just watch the performance film yeah and i'm not a musical fan at all like this doesn't strike me as like you know like fan of the opera is 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 musical obviously and they need it needs to be musical because they're fucking opera singers obviously they should be but most things i'm like don't sing just say your words stop being annoying don't ever watch les miserables <laughs> i have and again i'm like just say the things well at least Don't in a phantom the of the opera they speak well, and they do and again they're in les miserables literally everything is sung they're opera performers it makes sense anyway we anyway, sorry. go on for that so like yes we have like, to get, get to the it. ratings i i get it and i think what sort of put it best for me was um from roger ebert where he explains i'm gonna pull up his quote which i had here <laughs> I saw you had like 800 tabs I know, I have so, over I had phone. so many tabs. Um, I've got 13, so at the, at I can. the end, um, and now I've lost it because now you're looking at me and making it weird. I'll look over here. What a lovely <laughs> pink bag that is. Um, oh, he, a shark shirt. There is a shark shirt. I need to, I need to make it kind of, I need Hello? to make it fit. Oh. Um, so, so basically his point was, this is a fantastic musical performance movie that keeps getting rudely interrupted by a subpar gangster movie. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what it is. Like, it can't yeah. decide what it is, what it wants to be, and it's trying to be both of those. And at the end, like, that's a struggle. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I was like, that quote gets me. What was your favorite part of the film? Do you have a favorite part? I know this isn't a, a traditional Nick film. I literally wrote favorite parts, question mark, dot, dot, dot. Okay. My favorite part. <laughs> I, I got to say it's probably the performances. Just just mm-hmm. because, like, in, and actually the, the slappy dance. <laughs> between the between slappy Dixie dance, and that's, Vera. That's what we're going to call it. It's a slappy <laughs> dance. Everybody, let's do the slappy dance. Where you punch your partner in the face multiple times. Slap him across the face, knock him down. What are your favorite parts? My favorite parts was part of, was mostly the performances, um, you know, the musical ensembles, but especially when near the end, and again, if you know anything about jazz, this makes me sound like such a bitch. Like, I super am not. I just happen to like. I'm just hoping to come off as not like some ignorant white bitch. (laughs) Um, So. Like I just, I just think that the history and, and just the culture and everything. I just is feel amazing. like there's not a lot of accessible information when I was younger. And oh yeah, no, for sure. You had the point for me to defi- learn more. It's now. definitely something yeah. that for us we would have had to have sought out mm-hmm. later in life. And I, I do have a funny story though. There was this one girl in in my class that she always like every couple of weeks she would have a new like elaborate braided do, and I was like, 
How do, how do you get your hair to do that? That's so crazy. Uh-huh. It's like it's like sometimes it's thick braids, sometimes it's thin braids, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. And she's like, oh yeah, uh, we have. <laughs> she said we have weed we put in our hair, and I was like, weed, like you put weed in your hair, like the weeds that grow on the ground. And she was like, yeah. So I think there was a lot of miscommunication on all of our elementary, all, little babies. all of our young yeah, elementary. To, like, Shout out to Brittany from third grade. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I went around for years thinking that that their weave was made of, like, dried weeds that were dyed that they sewed into their hair. And that's all because I asked a question and no one understood. And one day I was like, I whenever somebody finally corrected me, I was like, I just nodded. That's, that's not what Brittany told me. No, I was like, Brittany, a third grade lad. I just nodded like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I meant weave. So definitely my favorite part was not Nick related because again he's only in it for ten to twenty minutes. Um we're still trying to figure that amount yeah, out. But um it's near the end when he it's has during... almost a unibrow in this movie. Oh, he does. It's early. It's quite it's, a crazy it's, little mustache it's, too. It's it's early. Uh, they all have like those crappy mustaches. I hate them. Oh, I but, bet this was pre teeth fixing too. It was. Cindy will be thrilled. Yes, it was. Um so my favorite part. For the fourth time. <laughs> Sorry. Was when um, we got to see the Cotton Club when Cab Calloway, who's a pretty famous jazz performer, mm-hmm. came out. And, like, he's just one of the most amazing performers and just full of life. And the guy who played it was Larry Marshall, who's been in a lot of other musicals, like Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, and, you know, just other small Oh, roles. his IMDb picture is so cute. I know. His IMD picture is of him from uh-huh. the Cotton Club. And, you know, it's just... Also, if there was ever a Little Richard... I mean, I guess at this age, I don't know if he could do it. But if back then, if there was ever a Little Richard movie, like we're making all the movies of all the musicians, he could also hit that spot on. And it was just this amazing, immersive performance. So if you were to rate this, rate the film up to five, what would you give it? I wrote three or 3.5. Okay. But I also wrote down Rotten Tomatoes, critics, and audience scores. Tell me why you wrote three to 3.5. I couldn't give it more because I just felt like, I'm serious. After I stopped writing, it was like the film was just background noise. Like, I, I had I had to struggle to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um I had to pay attention for the podcast, but after that, after I stopped writing, I was like, cool. Right. Uh, but like it, it, certain parts held my attention very well. Some parts I was just like, you know, and that's why, honestly, it wasn't anybody's like performance. Right. It was just the movie. Okay. Itself. Which, what about you? I gave it a four mm-hmm. and I feel like perhaps realistically 3.75 but but like, but but four because with the encore i feel like i could at least see what he was trying to do yeah you could see the the web that was being woven and i know that he was trying to do so many things like there's a like gun scene like murder scene where it's like where it's juxtaposed with uh sandman doing a crazy tap scene oh yeah the the everybody needs a montage right like there's so many things that are the 
you know, great film producers and directors do that he was trying to do. And even yeah. that, like I said, the acting is like, a lot of, he tried to fit a lot of stuff in. Yeah. And, and so like, I feel that the effort was there. We've certainly seen worse. So that's why I gave it a four. What would you rate Nick in his very short performance? <laughs> I don't even know how to rate it. Cause he was in such short amount of time. Like when you saw him, how would you rate him? I don't know, like a three. That's what I rated him at. Okay, cool. It like, was like he, over the top, but not. Uh, but because funny, it was, crazy yeah, humor. it was supposed it, to be serious. Yeah, and it was just, yeah, it was sort of okay. stereotypical. But he was still learning. He was a baby. This was only like probably his third or fourth film. Well, to be fair, it's probably a lot more than that because, as we all know, he used to record himself whenever he was a kid and make Those his own little movies. <laughs> That's not that. <laughs> About two years ago, I came upon the original Cotton Club cut, the version, on a video, a crummy videotape, but I watched the whole thing and I was amazed with how much, how much was taken out and how much better it was in the full version, which is really what this is. Okay, everybody, it's time for a new segment, Cajun Roulette, where we scare the shit out of whoever does the synopsis next. Just Simon's me. Sammy's oh, no. turn. And if you're watching our video, you can enjoy our beautiful um, hair accessories from Cotton Club. We try to, we're going to try to dress up each time. Okay, here we go. Oh, God, what's the next episode going to be? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's spinning so much. Why is it? Younger, and I was like, This is a good oh, I'm movie. I'm so excited. Ooh, right. Oh my god, episode four bringing out, bring out the, the dead. dead. Oh, for fuck's sake, that was stressful. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what, do, what do we do? Thank you guys for making it all the way to the end of another amazing episode because we're so awesome. Yeah, and so, definitely try out that drink recipe, everybody. Yes, we please, are feeling we're great. Be sharing that out. And actually, if you are interested, as we said, we did start a Patreon. Mm -hmm. We're really excited with that. And um, we have multiple levels. And one of the easiest levels is to actually get the recipes in a beautifully designed recipe card. So we can send that to you. So again, we're just patreon.com slash internal cauldron please like and subscribe we would like love to subscribe hear from wherever you. you can like and subscribe yes we're and on review. instagram we're on facebook we're on twitter please talk with us um let us know your thoughts on movies we've done if you're interested in being a guest on the show we can make that work um our again our next episode we should probably post that so people are able to you bring know, out the dead bring out the dead it's a really yeah i'll post one. it uh, I can post it after we yeah yeah we'll this we'll one. do like yeah. kind of a preview post so you mm -hmm. guys can do that. Um, you can also email us any ideas, drink ideas, thoughts, suggestions, anything you got, compliments, the opposite of compliments, whatever. We'll take yeah. anything. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Let us know. We want to learn and grow. Um, so email is internalcauldron at gmail .com. Social medias are mostly internalcauldron at whatever. Yeah, and Twitter's the only weird one. Yeah, because we can't go that long. It's internal called called. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for the journey. We hope you enjoyed the Cotton Club, and until next time, in Nick we trust. trust enjoy these fun moments of us preparing for our super professional 
100% authentically researched podcast. Red leather, yellow I leather. I don't even have mine on. Turn it on. Okay. Oh, now it's on. Here's everything. <laughs> Red leather, yellow. What is what is Ron Burgundy say to like warm Can you up? Hear that? What sure. is that creakety crack? <laughs> It's the thing you saw my microphone make it say it. Just make it squeak, squeak. Oh, mine don't squeak. What's wrong with yours? <laughs> mine need oil. Oh, I almost knocked a drink over. Oh, my God. I didn't, work, I didn't work that hard on this fucking drink. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Well, this is our sound check, motherfuckers. We're sound not spilling check. anything today. God damn it. No. Knock on wood. <laughs> that's not... That's not it's covered wood. It's covered, it, it's, wood. It's, it's okay. covered with I believe you. lacquer and Well, this stuff. is paper ones made from trees. <laughs> We're gonna go. We've covered all of our bases. <laughs> <laughs>